Welcome to the Food, Peace, Please podcast, co-hosted by Serena Marie, RD, creator of Food Freedom Fit Fam, and Susan Ports, RD, creator of Ag Quality Academy. Our joint mission is to empower women to embrace food freedom. We want women to realize that there's more to life than changing your body and counting your calories, macros, or points. While we are medical professionals, this podcast is informational only and not meant as a substitute for individual medical advice. Now let's get this party started. Welcome back. Today, we are going to be talking to Susan and learning a little bit more about her story. Um, Susan, I am very excited because I don't know Susan's story. So Susan... How did you become interested in intuitive eating? So, okay, I'll background on me. I like growing up, like food was just like food to me, which I think a lot of people did not have the blessing of like having that. Um, I like, I just like live with thin privilege, like grew up in a smaller body. I was like picked on for being petite. Okay. Like, mm. so kids, I'm just convinced kids are mean. Right? Yeah. I shouldn't say that. But, um, so I just like, I wasn't put into like this pressure that some people are like growing up to like change your body and look a specific way. Like that was just something that like didn't hit me. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I definitely saw what was happening to my friends. Um, and how like, my like when we were getting into high school, how my friends were dieting and, um, you know, insecure about like their bodies and stuff like that. Um, and then going into college and things like that, like same kind of thing. Like I was seeing this stuff around me and I was interested in nutrition and I wanted to learn more and I wanted to be able to help people. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest, I think when I got into like dietetics and being a dietitian, like I think what I thought was that I was going to help people lose weight. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people like, or a lot of like dietitians maybe originally started there. Um, but so what kind of happened as I was like getting into my career and like learning more, that's actually when I started to become like obsessed around food and I got into um, clean eating mm -hmm. and like that was like my thing. Like I was really like, you know, perfectionist over like all the ingredients, cooking from scratch. Um, and then it also like morphed into that's when I started to like want to like make sure my body looked a specific way, you know, like wanted my weight to be a specific way, wanted a six pack, want like wanted like my body to stay exactly as it was when I was like 21 years mm -hmm. old for like the rest of my life, <laughs> which is so not realistic, by the way, bodies are meant to change. Um, but that's when I started getting into it. And so it was more like when I became a dietitian and I started working in an outpatient setting that I really like fueled it. And I remember sitting in this meeting with like all the other outpatient dietitians at um, one of my clinical jobs. And we were talking about orthorexia. And orthorexia, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, 
it's really, it, it's not a formally recognized like eating disorder at this point. Um, but it's basically what it is, is it's an obsession with clean eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times people can take it to that point where like, like they're just so concerned about what they are eating that they're just not eating enough. And so they're losing weight and becoming like more and more into this eating disorder realm. Um, so we're sitting there and we're having this presentation. I remember thinking to myself, like, do I have this problem? Wow. Like, and it was something where I was like, no, but it's not like that. So to think about like, you know, there's definitely a gray area. And so there is a such thing as like disordered eating. So I think what, like I kind of, whatever, classify myself as like kind of falling into this disordered eating where I was like obsessing with food, using exercise to manipulate my body, to get it to look a specific way. Um, I like forced myself to run. I started running in college because I was a gymnast in high school and that was like how I quote unquote stayed in shape. And then But I couldn't do that in college. Mm -hmm. Like, so I like started running and like that was kind of my thing, right? Like that's how I was manipulating it. So fast forward to um, basically when um, my husband and I started trying to conceive and things like weren't necessarily happening on our timeline. I think that definitely like fueled some of like my disordered eating because I got like more obsessed with like my body and like um, tracking things. But also a lot in like fertility culture is very, very focused on clean eating. Mm -hmm. It is very, very focused on clean eating, you know, avoiding processed foods and additives and all this stuff is stuff that's very highly touted and the fertility world. Um, but I remember sitting in an outpatient clinic and one of the resources that was in there was the intuitive eating book. And I remember thinking like, I should read that. Like maybe that would be a way for me to help my clients. Okay. Like Mm. the people that I was seeing, because what I was noticing, so all this stuff is happening in to me in my personal life, right? But like, I'm not recognizing that it's an issue. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to work and I'm seeing that like all of these like women, and I just specify women because that's just where I tend to see it more. But like, we're coming in to me because they wanted to lose weight. And you know what? They were doing all of the quote unquote right mm-hmm. things that they were supposed to be doing that should be resulting in weight loss, yet they weren't losing weight. And I was like, I can't help people. Mm. Like, I was like, what I'm doing isn't helping people because, you know, like they're doing all these things that are supposed to be right, but they're not losing weight. And, you know, just reflecting on how like I had seen like women all around me my entire life dieting, like, you know, Weight Watchers and blah, 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 all the diets, like everybody was doing that. And I just remember like thinking like, there has to be another way. Like this mm-hmm. is, this can't work. And and it's not working. So anyways, I see the intuitive eating book. I'm like, I should probably read that. I get it from the library. I literally, it sits on my coffee table. I, it sits I, on my coffee table for a month and I don't read it and I return it, okay? Oh my God, my like suspense is building. <laughs> okay, 
So that was in the spring. And that following fall, I had a get together with my college friends that are all dietitians, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of my friends was like, have you read Intuitive Eating? She was like, you need to read it. It's going to change your life. You need to read it. It's going to change your life. And so I was like, it, and she kind of like told me a little bit about it. Weekend passes and like, she's right. I need to, I, I, I need to read it. I was like, I picked it up and then I stopped. So of course, I get it from the library again. <laughs> <laughs> and I start reading it. And as I'm reading it, like my husband would tell you to this day that like I was reading it and I was literally like yelling. It's like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> like this makes so much sense to me. Mm-hmm. But as I was reading it, what I realized was, oh, this isn't like an everyone else problem. This is a me problem. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started to recognize, like, oh, the way that I'm approaching food is also not healthy for my mental health or my body. Like, there's a better way that I could be taking care of my body. And that's when things, like, like, reading that, that's when I started to fully embrace it. And that's when I realized, like, that's how I want to help people. Mm -hmm. I want everyone to realize that. You don't need diets. You don't need a book or someone on TV to tell you what your body needs to look like, what you need to eat, how much you need to eat it, eat of it. Like you don't need any of that. Like what you need is all right inside of you. We just have to rediscover it. And discovering that for myself was so incredibly powerful. And having that happen, like, while my husband and I are on this like fertility journey was just, I consider like that reading that book is just like, that was just, that was just the catapult to like, essentially like my whole journey of Mm self-discovery. Um, and at this point, I mean, that was like, I don't know that was probably like four years ago. I have actual goosebumps, like listening to you have the like self-realization of, oh, like this is a me problem. Like I, I hardcore relate to that. That is so powerful, Susan. Yeah. It's it's just like, and and that's why I'm so powerful about like getting this message across Mm -hmm. to other women is because like you might not even realize Mm -hmm. that the way that you view food and your mindset around food and nutrition and health and wellness is not maybe healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's normalized. It's so normalized. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I I know I've heard Christy Harrison talk several times about like wellness culture Mm -hmm. and very much so like, I was totally caught up in that. And I see how so many other women are caught up in that too. And and unless you hear that there is a different way, like how, like how do you know? Because we are surrounded by so much diet culture, so much wellness culture. Like you are, like people feel guilty if they like don't value health. And it's like, you don't have to value health, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it is one of my values, but I do it from a perspective of like, so I feel good. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
like if if you value health and you want to take it to this perspective of like listening to your body and doing what feels good for you like that's where the secret sauce is at like yes that that is that is where it's at because that is where you find the ability to just sustain right like mm-hmm. and and also when i say sustain you should know that that's ever changing and it's mm-hmm. ever flowing like it's an ebb and flow situation like there are going to be seasons in life where certain things are less of a priority than mm-hmm. others and that's, and okay. that's okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i love that and i um i just feel like it's so powerful to realize like Susan didn't have a knowledge deficit. Like here she is. She's a dietitian. She went for school to school for this. It's her full-time job is counseling people. Like you had a lot of nutrition information and yet you couldn't even recognize that you were struggling with some version of orthorexia and you didn't even realize that your, you know, pursuit of wellness was actually hurting you and detrimental to your health. And I think that's the biggest aha moment so many people have when they read intuitive eating is oh, like all of this information I've been gathering is not the solution. So that's like, I don't know. I truly had chills when you were telling your story. That is so powerful. Yeah. It's just, there's just like, this is why we have to spread that message, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. because like it's life-changing. Absolutely. And so, so I think I, I love that we're doing this podcast together because you know, Susan's a fertility expert. I am, I'm not a mom. I have not gone on a fertility journey. Um, I'm getting married in August, but you know, I'm not at this, not, finally I'm a COVID bride or whatever. So, so, <laughs> um, so I have, I really don't have a lot of fertility knowledge. So as Susan's kind of describing, like fertility culture is really, you know, toxic and, and like kind of, um, intertwined with clean eating, this stuff is all kind of new information to me. So, so Susan, I would love to hear a little bit more about, you know, how did you decide to niche down and really become an expert in fertility nutrition? Like what was that journey like for you? So this is such a good question. So as I'm like discovering all of this, like diet culture stuff, right. And I'm seeing what's happening. I'm recognizing that this is also happening in the fertility world. And I'm Mm -hmm. seeing how, women are feeling like they have to go on a specific diet. And if they go on that diet, then they're going to get pregnant. And you know what? Like maybe that works for their neighbor, but like that doesn't mean that's going to work for them. And they're the biggest thing that got me is that they are like, you're stressing yourself out over the food that you're eating, how you're eating it, when you're eating it, scouring the internet, because here is the thing about the fertility journey and also um, deciding that you want to have a baby. When you decide that you want to have a baby, you want to have a baby yesterday. (laughs) So the month that you start trying and you don't get pregnant, you're like, uh, what? Like for two reasons, one, because you decided you wanted it and it should come now. And two, you are taught in high school that if you sit on a toilet seat, you will get pregnant. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) I can like still hear my high school like teacher telling me that. (laughs) Like we are seriously taught nothing about our bodies Mm -hmm. and we are taught that we are going to accidentally get pregnant and Mm -hmm. that like you should fear getting pregnant 
pregnant, okay? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. so, like, all my life, like, backstory, like, I've been with my husband for, since we were, like, 17. And mm-hmm. so, like, for years, I'm, like, deathly afraid that I'm going to get pregnant and I'm going to have a teenage pregnancy. <laughs> I remember celebrating when I turned 20 and it was like, okay, I'm no longer going to be, like, teen pregnant, whatever. I love Okay, that. I'm not going to be a statistic. But even beyond that, like, we didn't start trying to get pregnant until I was, like, 27 I think and so like even beyond that it's like up until that point it's like I spent all this time worrying and being afraid that I was gonna get pregnant because of what I was taught in high school that like you sit on a toilet seat and you get pregnant let me tell you friends that's not what happens (laughs) like and for some people I want to say this too like for some people it is very easy for them to get pregnant like but for one in eight in the United States like conception can be challenging. And so what happens when you're reaching this point is you're very desperate and mm-hmm. you're like, you you want to find a solution. You want to find like whatever it is that is going to just make it happen. And that baby's going to come. And so you get on the internet and you're scouring and you're seeing all this like fertility nutrition stuff. And, you know, one website is saying to eat two Brazil nuts a day and the other one's saying to eat black seeds in your luteal phase. And like, Mm -hmm. it's like, for real, like now you're stressing yourself out Mm -hmm. more about food. And the thing about that is stress doesn't help your fertility. Mm -hmm. And I know all of the women that are listening right now that are a part of the fertility community are like, come on, if she tells me to relax and I get pregnant, like, nah, that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying relax and you're going to get pregnant. But what I am saying is stressing out about food and not having a healthy relationship with food is not helping when it mm-hmm. comes to your fertility. Because when your body is stressing out, it is increasing your cortisol levels, and that is taking away from your reproductive hormones. It is putting you into fight or flight. And the biggest thing that I want you to understand is that when your body is in fight or flight, it is doing everything that it can just to survive. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make a baby, like your body's not going to think it's a great time to make a baby. Your body's just trying to survive. Like your reproductive organs are literally the last thing that's going to get energy because you don't need those to breathe, to get like oxygen throughout your body, to get the blood throughout your body to function. You genuinely don't need those things. Are they important? Yes. But your body is going to not prioritize that. So Basically, I was seeing all of this like fertility culture, I call it, like that's making women feel guilty and making them feel like they can't go out to eat with their friends. They can't enjoy wine night with the girls. They can't stop at Starbucks to get a latte on the way to work if they want one because there's too much sugar in it. And like it's literally sucking all of the joy out of life Mm -hmm. when literally you're already going through one of like the hardest things that a woman can go through. So I was like, I have to help these women. And it took me a while to like circle back around into this because being on my own fertility journey, like you definitely have to um, work through like your own things. But now that I've like come back into this space, like it just feels so right because like 
I know that like women need to hear this Mm -hmm. and I want to help them. Like I want to help you be able to just enjoy your life. Like, and know that like you can do some things like with nutrition to help support your fertility, but by all means, enjoy the cocktail, go out to dinner, like don't miss out on your life just because you're trying to have a baby. Like that's not the point. Your baby's going to be like, I don't want to come to that. Like that doesn't (laughs) seem like fun. So So powerful. So there is just so much stress over food in that fertility space. And it seems like we need your voice. Like we need women to realize that cortisol and stress has a really big impact on fertility and all that drama is not serving the purpose of getting pregnant. That's so powerful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's exact. It's drama. It's drama. Yeah. You got to be a mama to get rid of the drama. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I love that. Um, Awesome. So I am laughing because I I have an idea of what you maybe would say to your younger self, but Susan, (laughs) um, if you could tell the younger version of yourself one thing, what would it be? I don't know if this is what you're thinking I'm going to say, but with all that being said, honestly, I think the biggest thing that I would say is like, don't care about everybody else. Mm. Like, who cares that everybody else is getting pregnant? Who cares that, you know, your friends are on their second and third kid and you haven't had one yet? Like, who cares? Like you are on like your own journey and like, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. Like it matters like what's happening in your life and that you are living your life true to like your values. And does that mean it's easy? No, it's, it's way easier said than done to be like, don't care what everybody else thinks. Don't compare yourself. But like, I think if we could all take a little bit of that, like it would just make everything so much easier. And I feel like I almost like um, trust you or like believe you more because you're going through it, right? Like, cause it's really easy if you were sitting here and your fertility journey, I don't know, come to an end is the way I would put it, but like you had your baby, right? I think I'd be like, well, yeah, easy for you to say, Susan, like here you are mm-hmm. with your baby. But I think it's so beautiful to like, and, and like, I know Susan very well. So she's not just like saying this on the pod. Like this, she, she this really is Susan's attitude. And um, so I just think it's like, it it feels so much more aligned to hear you saying this. Cause I'm like, wow, if Susan's still on this journey and you truly do embody that, um, it's just so much, it's so much more powerful. You know, it's like, I know that people can do that because you are doing it. You're living it and you're doing it. And it's really powerful. Yeah. And it's not that to say that like there aren't hard days or there aren't, you know, but like it it's just recognizing that everything is like everything is has a purpose and like things are lining up to be exactly how they should be. And maybe it's not exactly the way that like you had planned or that you had pictured for your life, but I'm telling you, like there are like higher forces that are working things out for you. Um, And also like, this is just circling back to the whole, your relationship with food, but like, think about how amazing it would be 
to have a healthy relationship with food in your body, and then to get pregnant and not have to worry about food or your body, you know, and then to become a mom Mm -hmm. and to pass those traits onto your kids and to not be spending your time, like all these stories that Serena and I talk about, like in our own personal lives, it's like, think about if you didn't have to worry about that while you're raising your kids, like, I mean, that's, that's life changing. Like this, this isn't just about, you know, the fertility journey and like having a healthy relationship for the fertility journey. I mean, this is about taking that and like catapulting you for the rest of your life and helping you be like the mom that you want to be. Yeah, I love that. Like just thinking about a mom setting such an excellent example and being such a powerful role model for her kiddo and um that that's that's a powerful image. Like that's what you want to see. It's like, you know, yourself in the future as that mom who is providing that excellent healthy relationship with food. I think that's beautiful. I think that's a it, empowering to kind of keep that message going forward when on those hard days they're like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm keeping my mindset right. Yeah. Um, so the the thing I thought you were going to say, but I, I knew you weren't going to, was you can't get pregnant by sitting on a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I, I, that is, like, I'd love to walk into, like, just, like, a high school sex ed class uh-huh. and just be, like, uh, everything they're teaching you is probably not helpful. <laughs> I just want you to literally walk in and say, you can't get pregnant by sitting on a toilet, drop a pencil and walk out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And they probably would all freak out and they'd be like, but we're reducing teen pregnancy rates. <laughs> oh my God. So funny. Um, okay. So now it's time for the fun part of the pod. We're going to do the this or that. So Susan, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Sneakers or flip-flops? Flip-flops. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Brownies with nuts or brownies without nuts? Without. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Smooth. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Cold weather or hot weather? Hot. The lake or the ocean? Ocean. A bedtime routine or a morning routine? Ooh. Bedtime. Mm. Coffee or tea? Tea. Ooh. Fridays or Saturdays? Saturdays. Awesome. That was fun. I'm surprised about the tea. Well, so the thing is, (laughs) I was going to say, I love coffee. I do love coffee, but I've been drinking more tea lately, and I also love tea. Mm -hmm. And so I'm almost like a solid 50-50. And... You may learn this about – well, Serena knows this about me, but as you listen to this podcast, you may learn this about me, but I'm very caffeine sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> so I can only do so much coffee. Otherwise, it makes my anxiety just real bad. So it's either decaf coffee for me or, like, less than 50-50. <laughs> I, I love that. I am um... – I, I I didn't realize that tea was such a such a love of yours. I knew I knew you liked coffee, but that's interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, so the woot woot moment of the week for you, Susan. What is your woot woot moment? You know what? I think it's the fact that 
it's been really cold here and it warmed up and I took the dog for a walk that was like longer because it wasn't zero degrees outside. (laughs) Walking is like the best feeling ever. That probably felt so nice after it's been so cold. Yeah, seriously. And then I don't have to feel bad that she's freezing her paws off. (laughs) Yeah. What about you? What is your moment of the week? I am so it is um snowing here. I woke up and it was snowing and it is just really peaceful and beautiful and I feel very fortunate that I don't have to leave the house today. <laughs> we canceled our our dinner reservation we had for tonight and I'm just kind of like enjoying like staring out the window and watching the snowfall. It's really peaceful. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, like fresh snow. Yeah. Well, Susan, thank you for sharing your story. It was super inspiring. And yeah, that's all, friends. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for joining us. If you are a female athlete looking to heal your relationship with your body, head to serenamarierd.com to download my free runner's guide to better body image. And if you're trying to conceive, head over to simplejoyfulnutrition.com to grab your free guide to get started boosting your egg quality.